Good evening all. Tonight's video will have a slightly different tone to it. Um, most of you won't know, but yesterday we lost one of our family who has been with us from the very beginning. Some of you will know her as the death of an unknown, um, and as a part of our five hospital workers share their horrifying scary stories, there will be two stories in here submitted by the death of the unknown as sort of a tribute, if you will. Um, she only sent me these not even a week ago. To me, you aren't just numbers, but I like to think of you collectively as a family, and so my thoughts go out to those who have been affected by the passing of the death of the unknown. So, without further ado... Number 1 once when my husband George worked for a hospital, they had four different buildings at this hospital and he had just turned 25 and was returning to work after having the day off for his birthday. He was cleaning the west wing of the main building and this is where the emergency department is connected to the OR. He was reaching the end of the hallway and was getting ready to mop the last part of the hallway known as wing O. He reached to open the door to the OR and saw movement on the other side of the little window in the door. He was thinking that maybe a nurse or a doctor stayed in the room after an operation that was performed before he was to clean up the area due to the fact it was closed down on this wing at 10pm and it was now 12.45am. It's not unusual for a doctor or nurse to stay after to clean and count instruments and as such. So he didn't think much about just opening the door and going in to clean. As he entered, he yelled out, Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? This is George, the janitor. I'm just going to come in and sweep and mop the floor and disinfect the room. He pushed inside the room the rest of the way and stopped as his hair stood up on end and he felt freezing cold air and the breath was rubbed out of his lungs as he felt like he was being strangled by someone. Well, his first thought was that the air was cold because they liked to keep it like this to stop germs and bacteria spreading and breeding fast. His second thought was the coldness robbed him of his breath, but then his third thought was sheer panic, as he realised that he still couldn't breathe, and he should be able to by now. He reached out and thrashed his arms and hands around just as something knocked over his bucket, sending four gallons of water over the floor and making it slippery. He grabbed towards the steel operation table, but missed it, and just as he went to push whomever it was away from him so he could breathe, the lights flickered and went off, and then someone shoved him down and caused him to fall and crack his head on the laminated hard concrete floor of the room. He looked up, and yet nobody was there, but he could feel the stare of an unseen set of eyes on him as he grabbed his mop, bucket and ran out of the room to the east wing and called hospital security. Security came and checked the area as well as the cameras and even if the doors were locked as they should have been when he entered. And even if the doors were locked as they should have been when he entered. He said that they were and that he didn't see who was strangling him. The rest of the night he didn't go back to the OR. The other janitor on duty went to the wing and cleaned up the spilled water and disinfectant in the room. 
Next day, they learned that the last person who was operated on that night was a convicted felon who was in for murder, was shaked, stabbed by a homemade device in his cell by a rival gang member, and he had died in that room only four hours prior. Number 2 One of my more creepy experiences was when I had a lady in my hall that was actively dying. I found that a lot of the time when the dementia folks are in the process of actively dying, they babble. It's weird at first, but you get used to it. This lady didn't babble. She was completely silent and still, and it creeped me out. Other than that, I went along with my usual system of checking on her every half hour to make sure she was clean and somewhat comfortable. On my last check of her before leaving for the night, I had just cleaned her up and I had my back turned as I was emptying up her garbage, when a hand reached out and grabbed my wrist. I turned around to see this tiny old lady sitting straight up on bed, staring at me with a death grip on my wrist. She didn't say a word and just laid back down and went to sleep. Number 3 I was still a nursing student at the time, but this was from when I had my psychiatric clinical placement in my third year. I was assigned to a young male patient with schizophrenia, because he had voices telling him to hurt people around him, and he admitted himself because he was afraid of actually going through with it. Anyway, I went into the room alone, as usual, and did the usual introduction and asked how he was doing. He was at the desk drawing creepy, hideous monsters. Each monster had its own page, and there had to be at least half a dozen of these pages scattered around him. I asked him what they were. He answered that those were the monsters he saw. They were the monsters that whispered to him and told him to hurt people and do awful things. Feeling guarded, I asked him, Are they telling you to hurt me? His reply was, Yes. I didn't stay very long in that room, that's for sure. Number 4 My husband and I have just moved to Arizona a few months ago, and he was transferred to a hospital here in Arizona, and he is a night janitor at the local community hospital. He went to his job one night and before work he was to have a meeting with his fellow co-workers and boss. It's a mandatory meeting so he wasn't going to be late. He arrived an hour early and him and four other co-workers were there and they were in the basement area down by the morgue wing when they heard a yell for help come from the morgue. All five ran towards the area of the scream and when they arrived the mortician was just staring off into space and pale as a ghost, his mouth moving but no words or sounds coming out. George grabbed his arm and asked if he was alright. His co-workers checked the room but the only thing in there was the table workbench full of incision tools on a tray and a bucket and some strange machine things and the doors that held the frozen bodies in the walls. George was trying to comfort the mortician and was starting to get a response when they all heard a yell that was a deep, demonic voice that said, Get out or you will die. Next I am coming for you. 
George isn't a spring chicken anymore, he's now 57 years old, and rather smaller frame, and weighs about 110 pounds, and stands in about 5 foot 5. But as frail and old as he looks, he can pack his weight, and he wasn't going to let an unseen voice scare him as he was convinced it was a joke or some sort, so he yelled for whoever it was to come out and get him, and that he was waiting for them. The mortician came around at this point like he knew something wasn't right, and told everyone to run. They all ran but George. George stayed behind to find out who it was that was playing the joke on everyone. But when he saw the worst thing he had ever seen in his whole entire life, a man-like creature stepped out of the furnace and came towards him. But the skin was not human, it was reddish-coloured and his eyes were black almonds, inside the most hideous face with sharp, road teeth and a small nose. The thing stood looking at George and told him he was going to kill and eat his soul. George didn't wait around to find out who or what that thing was or if it was telling the truth. He ran from the morgue area and all the way to the parking lot and got in his car and drove home. He switched to another hospital and now works day shift for the first time in all his 45 years as a janitor. He never will go back to back shifts, or night shift for that matter, or work down in the boiler room or anywhere but the main active wings of the hospital ever again. Number 5 I'm a fourth year nursing student and my story is more sad than creepy I suppose. I was sitting for a 28-year-old woman going through alcohol withdrawal. Day 3, the worst day. Sitting is when you sit at the patient's bedside because the patient is in danger to themselves and others. She was in full restraints, hands, feet bound to the bed, but she kept being verbally abusive and spitting all over the room. After a while, she started hallucinating. She thought she was in the car and I was sitting in the front seat, her two kids in the back. She talked about her kids for a while and then started screaming and telling me to take the wheel. This scene went on for about 10 minutes of her explaining in vivid detail the car crash that had happened and how she had killed her son. When the story was over, she kept crying and apologising to me and asking me to pick up her son's dead body and give it to her. She was given IV sedatives, but when those wore off, she had the same hallucination again. It replayed about seven or eight times over the duration of my 12-hour shift. It was extremely unsettling, because after hearing the story a few times, I could tell that this was something that actually happened, and that she was replaying the horrifying memory in her head over and over and over in her delirious state. Poor woman must have suffered so much. I'm glad she finally checked into a rehab program to detox, but it's sad to think of the long journey she has in front of her, living with the fact that she killed her seven-year-old son. Well, that does it for our tributed set of stories to Death of the Unknown. I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope that she would have enjoyed this video. I know it isn't much in the grand scheme of things, however, it is all I could really do. After all, I am just a guy talking into a mic.
So stay safe and I hope to see you all in the next one. Thank you.